Welcome to the Fireside Giants podcast by Empire Sports Media. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Fireside Giants. I'm your host, Anthony Rovardo, joined today by a special guest, Matt O'Leary. You can follow him on Twitter, Matt O'Leary NY, and check him out on YouTube, Matt O'Leary NY. He covers the New York Jets, does a phenomenal job of doing so, and today he's joining me to preview this upcoming Week 8 matchup between the Giants and the Jets, this MetLife Bowl regular season game. I know all of you are excited for it. So am I, and so is Matt. But Matt, how are you doing today, my friend, and what are your thoughts heading into this game? Yeah, man, I'm excited for it. Thank you so much for having me on. It's uh, It should be a good game between two teams who really both need this game. I think you can make the case that both the Jets uh, and the New York Giants need it to keep their season going. So it should be a fun one. Definitely should be. We had some storylines in the preseason that we thought would carry over into the regular season, of course, with the Jihad Ward beef with Aaron Rodgers. No Aaron Rodgers, though, for this matchup, of course, a season-ending injury on the first drive of the season. But they fared decently with Zach Wilson back in there at quarterback. But I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on Zach Wilson, the way that he's performed through the first six weeks of the season and how you're feeling about him heading into this must win matchup as you described it. Yeah. Um, for Zach Wilson, I think we've seen some pretty big growth from him and not to the point where, you know, I'm ready or anyone else is ready to say that he's the future of the franchise or the guy after Aaron Rodgers. But he went from someone who last year after the second time he was benched, uh, looked like someone who really just it was an unplayable quarterback ranked toward the towards the bottom in a, in a ton of key categories, you know, adjusted completion percentage, turnover worthy plays, you name it. He was at the bottom of the list where this year I know the, you know, the box score stats aren't necessarily there, but he's managing the game relatively well. The turnover worthy plays are way down. His adjusted completion percentage is actually way up. So that's a positive sign. And, you know, the next step now is to get the ball into the end zone and, be a little bit more efficient in the red zone but you know he's looked a little bit better the last three weeks or so which is giving jet fans some optimism coming out of the bye yeah for what it's worth i was a big zach wilson guy coming out of that draft i really did like him i thought he was the right pick for the new york jets i think it's been a tough situation for him um i'm still rooting for him you know not this week but every other week i like zach wilson and i want to see him succeed but what are some of the keys for the Giants here to get Zach Wilson to crack? You know, we've seen him crack before. We've seen him have some really bad, explosively bad games in the past for the Jets. But what's the key for the Giants this week to disrupt Zach Wilson, get him off his game and capitalize on that for the win? Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest key is getting him under pressure. He, now, he's his stats have actually improved while facing pressure this year versus years gone by, uh, but a much smaller sample size this season than what it has been in the past in his first, you know, full first and second year in the league. Uh, and Wink Martindale, as we know, he likes to use the blitz and, you know, the Giants defensive line's been getting home a little bit better the last two weeks. So I think if you're the New York Giants, what you're going to want to do is dare him to beat you deep. You're going to want to stack the box and try to stop Brees Hall and make Zach Wilson beat you with his arm um, and, and try to get him under pressure. Because, you know, when he is under pressure uh, and when he starts to think more, that's the worst version of Zach Wilson. When, you know, Zach Wilson is given the easy completions and when he's playing confident football, that's when we've seen him at his best. So I think you want to get in there, get some pressure, get some hits on him and rattle him a little bit. 
Yeah, and the Giants have done a better job in recent weeks at applying pressure to opposing quarterbacks. They got six sacks against Sam Howell last week. I know a lot of that Sam Howell holds on to the football too long. That's been an ongoing issue for him. But still, the Giants pass rush was getting home. And this week, there was some chatter for some, from some radio hosts about Kayvon Thibodeau. And now he tweeted about it. He's all motivated, ready to go out there um, and get after the quarterback. But a key matchup here that I'm looking at, this Jets offensive line, of course, versus this front seven for the New York Giants. But Tipman, the rookie Tipman, uh, Joe Tipman, out of the line up here meanwhile you have John Michael Schmitz returning to the lineup I think that's an interesting storyline but how are you feeling about um the interior of this offensive line matching up against that combo of Dexter Lawrence and Joe T- or uh, Leonard Williams this week yeah it's definitely going to be a challenge without Joe Tipman the rookie who the New York Jets drafted as a center but has come in and played right guard and played guard really well uh for the first few weeks as a New York Jet but you know they'll turn to Wes Schweitzer who came in and replaced him in the game against the Eagles and you know he let up some pressure against a you know really really good defensive line you know they have really solid interior guys i don't have to tell you guys that you see the eagles a lot but um for for this matchup against the giants yeah i i'm looking at both those guys dexter lawrence leonard williams you know leonard williams well and uh the interior is going to be a lot weaker now without uh joe tipman uh luckily though i will will say on the left side of the line we have seen lincoln tomlinson improve as the season's gone on he really really struggled out of the gate the first two weeks were pretty rough but he's kind of settled in nicely and connor mcgovern's kind of just a, a steady presence at center so uh hopefully they pick up the slack a little bit but the right side of the line could be an issue in this game yeah, definitely something to keep an eye on, especially, like I said, as Kayvon Thibodeau continue, continues to take step forwards, really increasing his productivity in recent weeks. But a lot of updates on the injury front uh, today at practice. Brian Dable had some interesting quotes. Daniel Jones out of the lineup once again this week. Tyrod Taylor will get the start. But Brian Dable would not commit to Daniel Jones returning this season. Last week, he said definitively his season's not over. When asked today, he said, yeah, I'm not so sure. So we'll see what happens with Daniel Jones. It's going to be an interesting situation. But Matt, when you're looking at this matchup, I want to know who would you rather face, Daniel Jones or Tyrod Taylor? Just to kind of gauge your opinion on those two quarterbacks, I know that we're not going to see Daniel Jones this week. But just for fans listening, um, it's always great to get an outside perspective on this quarterback situation. So I'm curious to know your thoughts on both of those guys and who you think really should be the leading man in the Giants quarterback room. Yeah, I know. Honestly, you know, they just gave Daniel Jones, you know, a big contract extension and paid him a lot of money for at least the first couple of years of that deal. But uh, I, I would rather face Jones than Tyrod Taylor. And uh, the reason behind it is uh, for Tyrod, I, I think he's really shifty in the pocket and can just uh, avoid the rush a little bit better than Daniel Jones. Jones, once he gets out in space and starts running, I think, you know, he's a really elusive guy. And once he gets out in space, he can really do some damage with his legs. But he's another one. I mean, you mentioned Sam Howell. I think part of the reason why Daniel Jones has struggled is he's held on to the ball a little bit uh, too much, where Tyrod, yes, he's faced, you know, pressure as well. But uh, I think he's able to move around the pocket a little bit better. Uh, and I think he adds an element too with his deep ball. Um, I, I think he is willing to take more shots down the field, um, which is definitely something that I'll be keeping an eye on this week. Um, and the Jets have played Tyrod a, a lot, you know, going back to his days up in Buffalo, and he's gotten the better of them uh, a few times. Now, granted, it's a it's a different situation this week, and you know he's a little bit older now. But Tyrod's always someone that's you know given the Jets some problems. So uh, honestly, I'd probably rather see Daniel Jones at this point. 
Yeah, that's interesting. It, it feels like that's starting to become the common consensus here just because of the way that Daniel Jones has played under all of this pressure this season. It hasn't looked great. The Giants haven't won those games. Tyrod Taylor has seemed to mitigate the pressure a whole lot better. So uh, I, I think that he's played better football over the past two weeks than Daniel Jones did for most of those games. But there were some really great moments from Jones as well. Again, we'll see what happens with him if he does return this season. I'll always be rooting for him. But I'm rooting extra hard for Tyrod Taylor. Always been a fan of his. I really want to see him succeed hopefully pull off this uh, win against the New York Jets. But another player returning from the injury report, two players actually. You've got Sauce Garner in there. you got Reed coming back. So you mentioned that Tyrod Taylor taking those deep shots. Well, now you got some reinforcements back in this New York Jets secondary, some of these elite cornerbacks returning to the field. So how are you feeling about these guys returning to the field and matching up with some of these Giants receivers like a Jalen Hyatt and a Darius Slayton? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's huge to get those two guys back in Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. Both missed the game against the Philadelphia Eagles and the Jets had, you know, their replacements in Bryce Hall uh, and Tay Hayes and Craig James. You know, frankly, these practice squad uh, corners who stepped up and in a pinch did a pretty good job, all things considered. You know, they struggled against A.J. Brown, but who doesn't? Um, But, you know, more of the story is, is they were able to play pretty good football. But I think getting you know, Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed back is going to be important, especially when you're going up against, you know, some of the speed that Jalen Hyatt offers, um, you know, in, in this game. I feel a lot more comfortable with those guys holding up in coverage because, you know, the recipe for success on defense for the Jets is they love to get pressure on the quarterback and they do it by rushing four. So when you do that, you need to have your guys in coverage stick with the receivers for, you know, a longer amount of time and having, you know, your two starters back who have been really good in coverage the last two years, I think is going to make a big difference in this game. Yeah, and you mentioned the pass rush there. And one thing with the New York Jets, there's a pass rusher who recently he got his name floated around on the trade block, Carl Lawson. I'm curious to know your thoughts on that situation. Do you want to see him move? Do you think he will be moved? What's going on here with Carl Lawson and the New York Jets? Yeah, at this point, I do think he gets moved, and that's something that I would want to see. I really liked the signing of Carl Lawson a few years ago. Unfortunately, in 2021, he tore his Achilles, go figure, in training camp and missed the entire season. He came back last year in 2022 and was pretty productive. He wasn't a a star by any means, but he was solid. He gave you a seven-sack season. This year in training camp in the preseason, missed a lot of time with a back injury, and just whenever he's been on the field, he hasn't looked right. He hasn't looked like himself. Uh, and he's even been inactive a couple times. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if he was inactive for this game against the Giants and traded before Tuesday's deadline. Uh, and that opens up some more opportunities for Will McDonald, who the Jets drafted in the first round this year. He's kind of been more of a rotational piece at this point, which isn't too surprising considering what they did with Jermaine Johnson, someone they used a first round pick on last year. Johnson in year two has gotten a bigger role and he's kind of thrived with it. And the last few weeks, the Jets have given more opportunities to Bryce Huff, who is turning into a star edge rusher himself. So uh, I think it kind of just opens things up for some other guys on the roster who are a little bit younger and could be here for the future where Carl Lawson's on an expiring deal. I think it's just time to move off it. Yeah, and I'm a big Jermaine Johnson guy. That's a player that I am I was really high on going into the season. Um, it's glad, I'm glad to see him kind of starting to have that breakout here. But let's flip it over to the interior side of the defensive line, right? John Michael Schmitz is going to be back in the lineup. I think when we talked in the preseason, you said that you actually did prefer Joe Tippman over John Michael Schmitz. Is that right? No, I I did like um, John Michael Schmitz was my number one center in the draft. Um, But I I understand why the Jets went that direction with their scheme. They really like 
you know, athletic guys who can move around. And with Tippmann's size, he kind of gets out in space and can do some damage there. Uh, but I did think that John Michael Schmitz was more like pro ready could come in and start from day one. He's a couple years older too, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, I would have been good with either or I, I like John Michael Schmitz. I don't look at it as, Oh my God. Like I hope that John Michael Schmitz is bad and the jets got the better center that like, that doesn't really matter to me. I liked both prospects and you know, I, I think he's someone who is going to have a nice career for the giants. Yeah, I think so too. It's been tough with him out of the lineup in recent weeks. The Giants have done a lot of shuffling on the offensive line. Uh, I don't think they've had the same starting offensive line for two games yet this season. It's been wild. You've had left guard move to right guard, move to center, right guard move to left guard. It's been crazy. New left tackle almost every week, new right tackle every other week. So it'll be curious to see how that all shapes out this week. But with John Michael Schmitz back in there, a matchup that I'm walk, watching is this rookie JMS versus Quinn and Williams, another dominant interior defensive lineman. The Giants have their own on their side. Yet Quinn and Williams on this side. How are you feeling about that matchup coming up? I'm assuming you think it's a favorable one for the Jets. I mean, one is it not a favorable matchup for Quinn and Williams? Um, but with John Michael Schmitz in there, I'm excited to see how he holds his own, whether or not he does hold his own versus Quinn and Williams. Yeah, it's a really big test for the rookie center, and you know, I, I think it's it's going to be a tough matchup. But not only because of Quinn and Williams, Quinton Jefferson, who the Jets added from Seattle has been sneaky, really productive on the interior of this defensive line. Also, you know, they come in waves. They were like to rotate their guys. They have now a little bit more speed on the edge. So when the quarterback steps up, he's kind of stepping right up into either Quinton Williams or Quinton Jefferson. Um, so I, I think it would be a really big test to see. You know how you know how pro ready uh, John Michael Schmitz is, and how he is coming off of an, an injury. It's a it, they don't make it too much harder than that coming back first game back against this defensive line. So you know, hopefully for the Giants' perspective, he's able to hold up. Yeah, that would be the hope uh, so far this season. The Giants' offensive line hasn't really held up against pretty much anybody. So John Michael Schmitz getting back in there, that's a big deal. Andrew Thomas, it doesn't look like he's going to be playing this weekend, but I think next week he'll be back. So the Giants' offensive line should look a lot better in the coming weeks, but still going to have their fair share of struggles, a severe lack of talent across the board on that offensive line. But now talking about the receiving core for the New York Jets, Garrett Wilson stands out, Offensive Rookie of the Year last season. Now the New York Giants, there's – their CB1 right now is rookie Deontay Banks, 24th overall pick in this draft, who longtime listeners of this channel know I'm a huge Deontay Banks fan, always was before the draft, always have been after the draft, and I'm thrilled with the way that he's been playing this season. He's looked like everything that I imagined from him in his rookie year, and I really do see the potential there long-term to be that shutdown CB1, and he's kind of showed signs of that this year. He hasn't let up a reception of over 20-plus yards. He's had a really good rookie season already, but now going up against Garrett Wilson, another tough matchup for him in a string of tough tough matchups but what are you seeing from Garrett Wilson so far this season because his stats I haven't watched too much New York Jets football but his stats are a little bit underwhelming you know you would expect a little bit more production hasn't scored a touchdown I think it is five weeks now or four weeks uh, four games rather so how are you feeling about this matchup Garrett Wilson lining up across from Deontay Banks yeah, Banks has been really impressive to me so far. He's a he's a prospect that I liked in this last draft, and I thought it was a good pick for the New York Giants landing him. Uh, for Garrett Wilson, I think he's he's still pacing out for over a thousand yards, and you know I, I think his ceiling is significantly higher than just being in a thousand yard uh, receiver. And I was really looking forward to watching him with Aaron Rodgers, but I do think a big factor in this is just kind of stylistically how the offense has gone with Zach Wilson. They're not really throwing you know the ball out. They have four passing touchdowns on the season so uh he has half of the uh receiving touchdowns on the year um garrett wilson does so 
Uh, he's still an explosive player with the ball in his hands. You know, he can make guys miss and, you know, take a take a slant 60 yards like he did against Dallas. Um, and uh, something else that I really like is his catch radius. You know, he can go up and make uh, acrobatic plays, you know, when the ball's in the air. So uh, he's still someone, even though his stat numbers aren't like a- anything crazy, he's still, I think, an extremely talented receiver. Um, I still view him as a, as a wide receiver one. Um, and would really look forward to seeing him with uh, a quarterback that could, you know, distribute the football a little bit better. Hopefully, maybe you know Zach Wilson builds off his last few weeks and starts to add some passing touchdowns to his uh, to his stats. But uh, I think the quarterback play is is really a big factor, and how much they lean on Brees Hall too. I mean, you know, in, this week I wouldn't be surprised if we see Brees Hall nearing twenty carries in the game. So I, I'm not sure how many opportunities Garrett's going to get. Yeah, and that's a perfect segue because Brees Hall is the player that I wanted to ask you about next. The Giants have struggled to defend the run for the last two seasons, not just this year, but last year as well. The run defense was atrocious. It's been a bit better in recent weeks. We've seen the emergence of Bobby Okereke, especially after that standout or breakout performance, rather, um, on Sunday Night Football against the Bills. Micah McFadden has looked really good in recent weeks. So the Giants' run defense is improving, but still not the best. We've seen a lot of touchdowns given up to opposing running backs. Um, three against Dallas really stands out. James Conner got one versus uh, Arizona. Of course, those are the first two weeks of the season, but even over the past few weeks, they have been giving up uh, yardage on the ground to running backs. So what what are you seeing here with Brees Hall going up against this Giants defense, and what do Giants fans have to look out for with this running back? Yeah, I mean, Brees Hall is a, is a special player. Uh, he's a threat to take it the distance anytime he gets the ball. Uh, and he's sneaky fast. Like, it doesn't look, when he's running, it doesn't look like he's going that quick. And then he just separates from, from everybody and, and takes it a really long way. So uh, I would expect, if I'm the Giants, I would expect a heavy, heavy dosage of Brees, especially, you know, considering the history with Wink Martindale. You know, the Giants are the third uh, in, in the league in pressure in uh, blitz percentage. And, you know, I know they backed off a little bit in, in recent weeks, but uh, I think the Jets game plan on offense, as it's been for most of the season, is going to be leaning on Brees Hall, you know, and not and asking Zach Wilson not to do a whole lot. Just don't lose them the game. And that's kind of what I expect on, on Sunday. I think I, I mentioned it a little bit. I think Brees Hall will be somewhere between 18 and 22 carries, and he might have a couple of receptions as well. Um, he's dangerous out of the backfield. He took a check down for 20, 25 yards against the Eagles right before the bye week. So uh, he's someone that you got to watch coming out of the backfield as well. But they they like to lean on him and for good reason. Yeah, and someone else out of this backfield that's not getting nearly as much playing time, not getting uh, that much attention is Dalvin Cook. I read recently that he's frustrated with his role. I've also seen his name thrown out there in different trade rumors and whatnot. Uh, so what's going on here with Dalvin Cook? Because this is a player who, of course, was special with the Minnesota Vikings for the past several seasons. Gets cut, signs with the Jets, thought he would be another star piece of this offense, or some people did. But now he seems like he's kind of just washed up or maybe not being utilized properly. What's the situation here with Dalvin Cook? No, it's definitely washed. He's not uh, not being utilized properly. That's not the case. Uh, un- unfortunately, uh, just averaging two and a half yards a carry, really, really struggled the first few weeks of the year. Uh, the last two, he's been okay. He averaged four yards a carry against Philly, and the week prior against uh, Denver, it was 3.8, but still, that's nothing to write home about. Um, he's someone who always kind of did better when he was getting, you know, kind of the, the lead on the, on the workload and, you know, with Brees Hall here and now fully ramped up with the training wheels off, he's not going to get that many carries. So I would only expect him to touch the ball maybe three to five times in this game. 
Uh, he hasn't been crazy productive and he seems pretty frustrated in his role. So I wouldn't, that's someone else who I wouldn't be surprised if the jets moved off of before the, the trade deadline on Tuesday. Yeah, the trade deadline is going to be interesting just in the New York Giants perspective as well. They don't have a whole lot of movable pieces here, but they're also sitting with a million and a half dollars in salary cap space right now. So they don't have enough money to get through the rest of the season. So there is some speculation that the Giants might be forced to make some sort of trade, whether it be a Dory Jackson, Leonard Williams, one of these key defensive pieces. But we'll see what happens. I don't think the Giants are going to make a move, but they also kind of need to make some sort of a move maybe putting somebody on injured reserve, waving them. That'll be their way of freeing their cap space. But as we look ahead to this matchup on Sunday, Matt, what are some of the other key storylines surrounding the New York Jets that Giants fans should be familiar with or get to know going into this game? Yeah, I know, something we really haven't mentioned yet um, that I would like to bring attention to for on the on the offensive side of the ball, uh, the Jets have been using their tight end a little bit more in Tyler Conklin, uh, who's been one of their better uh, receivers with – you know, unfortunately, Corey Davis retires before before the season. They trade Michael Hardman, and you know now it's kind of like Randall Cobb's your number three receiver. So, obviously, that's not ideal. But they've been getting the tight ends involved a little bit more, and honestly, he's probably their second best route runner behind Garrett Wilson. So, I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets utilize him a lot in this game. Zach Wilson's gotten pretty comfortable with him, especially on third downs over the middle of the field. So. Um, if I'm the Giants, I think you have to figure out a way to uh, mitigate his reps as well. Yeah, and one other player that I do want to ask you about on that offensive end, uh, Alan Lazard. What have you seen from him? I know that he was kind of signed over here to reignite that spark with Aaron Rodgers. That seemed to be the main reason for that signing. But with Rodgers out of the lineup, if I'm not mistaken, he leads with most yards per reception. So he's doing something right, but maybe not getting the ball enough. What are your feelings about Alan Lazard and the way he's performed this season? Yeah, I really like Alan Lazard. He's not necessarily like a star receiver, but I think he's a solid number two or three option, you know, in a receiving core. Um, something he does really well, which is, you know, important in this offense is he is one of the best run blocking wide receivers in the league. And having, you know, Brees Hall being a team where, you know, they are a run first identity, I think is really, really important. Um, with his size, he should be a red zone threat. Uh, he has one touchdown so far and one it was came in the red zone and the Jets have kind of struggled so far in the red zone this year. But, you know, going forward, I, I would like to see them, you know, maybe throw it up to him and let him just use his size to go up and get the football. But, yeah, I, I like Alan Lazard. He's he's never going to be someone who's going to give you an 1,000-yard season, but I think he's a, a steady target and uh, someone that they probably should look into utilizing more. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, Zach Wilson, his limitations probably play a big role um, and the diminished role for Alan Zard and some of these other playmakers. But it'll be interesting, man. Zach Wilson going into this game. No Daniel Jones going into this game. How are you feeling ultimately? I know we discussed a little bit on your channel yesterday, score predictions and all that, but we'll break it down once again. How are you feeling going into this game and who do you think comes out on top? Yeah, I, I think the Jets do end up coming out on top, but I don't expect either team really to run away with this. Like, I don't see this being some dominant effort. I think it's a, a low scoring defensive battle, something like a 1913 game. Um, the Jets, they just don't they don't really do a whole lot on offense. They get a touchdown, settle for a bunch of field goals and their defense kind of just balls out from there. Uh, that's the recipe for success. And, you know, the Giants, uh, their their offense has looked a little bit better the last few weeks the last two weeks but still um you know haven't gotten in the end zone uh, a ton and with this jets defensive line and the return of uh, sauce gardner and dj reed i think this one stays low scoring yeah i'm in the same boat as you you said 1913 i do not think that the new york giants are going to win this game i hope that they do but 
I don't know. I think the Jets are a sneaky good team. I know Zach Wilson's the quarterback. Not many people are high on him. But like I said, I've always been a Zach Wilson fan. And I think there's a lot of talent on this defense, a lot of talent in the playmakers group as well. So I'm thinking that the Jets are going to win this game narrowly, probably 21 to 17, somewhere around there. But hoping that my Giants can pull off the upset victory. Technically, it would be the upset. They're three-point underdogs in this game. That's really a home game for both parties. But it'll be an interesting matchup. But Matt, thank you so much for joining me once again. Uh, where can the people find you and follow all your uh, your great work? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, you can follow my stuff on uh, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, pretty much everywhere at Matt O'Leary NY. We're talking New York Jets football and uh, trying to have some fun. Sounds good, man. Thanks again for joining me. Uh, and thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Make sure to like if you did enjoy this episode. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. Ring the bell so you don't miss an episode. Comment your thoughts down below in the comment section. Um, and if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, make sure to leave us a five-star review. But we will catch you all in the next one. Have a good one. And let's go Giants. Thank you.